Welcome to the Lindsay and Tony podcast, where we talk about spirituality, business, and life experiences. In this podcast, we're bringing our private conversations to you. We believe that it's through discussion, action, and reflection that true change occurs. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 52, The Three Clues Your Child is Highly Intuitive. In this episode, we're going to be talking about all of the signs to look out for that show that your child is, in fact, highly intuitive and a couple of strategies that you could implement into their daily routine that could help them use this gift as a blessing and not a curse. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, guys. Welcome back. We're so excited that you're here. Today, we're talking about a really important topic, and it's about three clues that your child is highly intuitive. So this one is something that Tony and I talk about all the time because we were in the public school system and we were surrounded with children all of the time. So should we get started or? Well, we should, but first I want to say that this is a highly important subject because it's never talked about Yeah. ever. And being too intuitive kids ourselves growing up, looking back, we were highly intuitive. It was frustrating that our parents didn't know <laughs> your mom's gonna be like, we're, we're talking trash about it again. <laughs> but it's unaware, it's, it's, it's in society, it's with the intuition, it's kind of a weird thing still, you know, relatively speaking. So like, it's frustrating when you don't have the proper tools to really navigate life, yeah. and I feel being like, highly intuitive. And I think both of us have had um, parents of kids ask us advice about what do I do with my daughter? What do I do with my son? because they're so intuitive, I don't know how to handle this. Like they can't be in the regular public school system and succeed like they want to. All of the time we get that. Yeah. Because people are wanting this, they're starting to realize that this is a real thing, that we have intuition and some kids are, you know, highly, highly sensitive and it does become an issue with parents. <coughs> and we're gonna talk about three clues on how you could figure out if your kid is highly intuitive. Right. So first, let's just say everyone has intuition, but some people tune into it and they're extra open and they're aware of it. And the children, they may not even know what's wrong with them. They may think something's wrong with me because I'm feeling this way, but really there's nothing wrong. They're just opened up even more so than maybe someone else at the time. So the first thing is if your child has very strong strong instincts, okay? So this comes in many different forms. So you probably wanna give the first example of something that you always were great at when you were little. Yeah, so a clue for me was basketball looking back. So when I was on the basketball court, like I talk about a lot on this podcast, I relate things to sports because it's so relatable to me. I would literally sense where everybody was on the court. Until this day, I still can do it. Once I get in that zone, and I'm playing, I really, like, like I don't even think about it, and I, I'll make passes that I shouldn't be able to make without looking. And it's not only me that can do this, a lot of people that play sports, they end up doing this. And so you'll see with your kid, this can manifest in sports, it can manifest in music. So basically, you will find with your kid that they intuitively, or they, with their instincts, they start to learn how to do things that the average person should not know how to learn without studying it or without doing it. So for example, music, you might turn on some music to your eight-year-old kid or seven-year-old kid 
and then they just bust out singing out of nowhere and you're like where did that come from you've seen those videos with little kids playing the piano and everything yeah. i mean me personally you can't train that much i seen like a four-year-old kid at one point how much training can you give a four-year-old kid for them to play different you know yeah they're... so you'll find that they're playing intuitively without even learning the basics of any of whatever they're doing yes so music and sports right there i know what you're talking about there and i also feel like they have strong instincts when it comes to giving advice i know when i was little people used to come to me for advice and i have no clue where it came from but my mom was aware of that and she'd say this is coming from a different place you know um and i think we have that natural instinct that comes through. Now, some parents will say, I have clients that will get readings from me, and some of the stuff that comes up during the readings is, are things like, listen to your daughter, she actually knows the way. And she says, that's, that's funny because my daughter does tell me different pieces of advice, like we need to go outside or we need to, um, you know, mom, check up on this. And it kind of connects, and that's because the daughter is totally on point when it comes to that instinctual feeling of saying different pieces of guidance and same with the boys too. So that's one clue that if they have strong instincts, it's it's a clue of being highly sensitive. Definitely. Absolutely. And I pictured a little girl like throwing a, throwing a big um, hissy fit about wanting to bring their mom somewhere. <laughs> And that's the little girl that often, or you know, sometimes that could be the little intuitive girl sensing, hey, yes. we got to get out of here, but she doesn't know how to communicate that to her mom. So she's like, I want to go here. I want to go there. Yeah. So, you know, it may not look like what it really is. It might look like, oh, it's a tantrum. But, you know, if we pay attention and we get, you know, we look at things a little bit more closely, we, we could have a highly intuitive child on our hands. Right. That's really like an angel to us guiding us. Yeah. And teaching them the way to hand how to deal with their emotions, which actually that comes to our next clue is some child that's very highly emotional. So if they are very emotional when it comes to different things, this is a common theme um, for highly, highly psychic intuitive children too, because they feel that sensitivity to people around them too. They do, and it could come off it when they're watching a movie and say it's a, a sad part of the movie, and most people aren't crying, but then you look at your kid and they're they're crying. I was that kid. I'd be watching movies. I, I can remember watching like Airbud, and like I different Airbuds with the golden retriever dog oh, that okay. plays basketball. Just different movies growing up, and I would get highly emotional. Like I'd get emotional watching the movie, so it could come off in that way. Um, male or female so you yeah. know I'm a male obviously and I cried way more I'm sure than the average male if you look at the stats and looking back it's because I was highly sensitive like I could feel the energy even in a movie I could feel the emotions and I feel it. like when I was little I was more moody <laughs> so I would get oh, yeah. <laughs> no I'm still thinking me too oh okay then you're laughing and then that you're too. thinking of me that too but um <laughs> But you could be highly sensitive in like a moody way too, or angry. That was something that I always felt because I didn't know how to deal with all of the emotions that I was feeling. I didn't even know where it was coming from. And I always bring it up the moon. When the moon was changing, it was a full moon outside. Everyone knew that it was a full moon if I was acting extra moody. So because I didn't know what was happening. And 
in emotional, I would say at different points, um, I felt emotional around certain people too. I could feel extra sensitive to that sort of thing. Right, because you could feel the people's emotions too. So it's like you're you're a feeler. You're yeah. feeling all this stuff and highly intuitive people, your kid being one of them, feels everything. Yeah. Which kind of leads us to our next one if we mm-hmm. wanted to go there. And this next one really will cause your kid's emotions. It's really one of the main causes of your kid's emotions to actually go up and down. Yeah. And it is? Sensitivity to environment. So any environment you are in, whether it's the mall, whether it's going to a grandparent's house or an aunt and uncle's house or your own house, if something's going on in that house without even saying it, just the energy in the house, the children will feel it and they'll act out just like animals. Romeo, he'll look at Tony and I if something's going on and he'll look back and forth, he'll sense it without us even saying anything. He'll know we're about to leave the house. And it's like he gets ready to go do that because he can feel that sensitivity. That's exactly how highly sensitive children are too. It is because our son Romeo, which is our <laughs> dog, he's highly intuitive. He's just, that's what dogs are. They, they're all feelings too. So it's, it's that. And thinking back last year, I was going through a rough part of my, you know, it was like a rough day. I was feeling kind of like angry and like kind of, you know, just out of whack. That whole day, Romeo was acting crazy. <laughs> and it's because he was mirroring me. I remember when I was telling <laughs> yeah. you that. I was like, Romeo's like going in the trash. Wait, wasn't I out of town or something? No. Uh, I'm trying to think there what exactly it was. Point. But that it could have been that, another time. You know, I'm human. But the thing is, when it is, Romeo will act out. He'll like, he's taking stuff out of the trash. Oh. He's pulling stuff happened. out of the trash. Yeah, he's doing different stuff like that. And he was pulling apart the foam out of the at my grandma's house. Yeah, the foam. Like he's we're over to her grandma's house, and he's like tearing up the foam and everything. And it's and he you know he doesn't do that anymore since he's not a puppy. You know, so it's important to pay attention to what kind of environment your kid's in, and maybe that's the reason why they acted out yesterday. Yeah, or last week. Except my grandma's house is peaceful, but you got a tough phone call. Well, it was my yeah, it was my personal stuff, and he could feel me. It wasn't yeah, her grandma's grandma's house but it's you know it's your kids are the same way you could go to a peaceful environment but you're you're the main one leading that environment so with your kids so you got to pay attention to that too it all comes back to you uh which is frustrating sometimes because we try our best and then when things don't go how we want them to go um it's hard to look ourselves in the mirror and be like oh this is because of me but in the end everything's because of us and you know we just got to take that so going back to the highly sensitive environment like Lindsay said earlier, the moon, the whole world is part of the whole environment. So when it's a full moon, that's part of your environment that day for your highly sensitive kid. And when it's, um, you know, stormy out or whatever, they may, it may strike a chord within them that makes, you know, every time it lightnings out, it causes anxiety in them and, or whatever when it we may be. Teaching, when we were teaching in school, did you notice when it was raining outside, the kids would act like totally different? I don't know if you sensed it. Yeah, half the kids, I did. Half the kids would, in my school, would be real sleepy and they'd just be relaxed. Totally different vibe because it's like the rain creates that environment. And then the other half, some kids would act a little crazy like on a full moon. Yeah. No, it really happens. Even they say in in the hospitals too, during a full moon, um, there's more people in the hospital during that time with the energy. So with, exactly, exactly. My friend worked at the hospital and I 
No, I think I told you. He worked at yeah. the hospital, and they noticed that every time it was a full moon, the numbers were up. And more people have babies during the full moon. Oh, I didn't know that yeah. one. Yeah. But he said the psych ward started to get a lot more full, and then people in the psych ward started to act a little bit more, you know, yeah. unusual than normal. And every, I was like, wow, that's amazing. Because I already believed it when he told me it was amazing hearing that. So, you know, this is just to think about the environments that you're allowing your kid to go in. This is why I believe in, like, um, Having kids play soccer, karate, sports, music, um, different clubs, drama club, like putting them in these different environments that are like positive because especially with your highly intuitive kids, but really with all kids because with the highly intuitive kids, it's really, you put them in a positive environment, they're going to soak all that in and they're just going to thrive in it. They don't thrive in negative environments. I mean, some do. You could come out and the negativity can motivate you. I feel that personally because I use a lot of negativity in my life to motivate me, but not every kid's going to think that way. So you as a parent, you want to really just do the best you can to put them around, you know, high frequencies. Yeah. And also teach them how to own the room. So when they walk into it, the room isn't controlling them. They, they own their energy and they bring their own energy into the room. So they need to know how, this is how you can support your child. You're probably thinking, well, Everything that you listed, this sounds like my child. What do I do to support them? Well, what you do to support them is first acknowledge the fact that they are highly sensitive and highly intuitive and make them aware of their own energy, make them aware of feeling their own energy. I like to you know, do the energy ball thing where you rub your hands together, you pull them apart slowly and you can pretend there's like a little ball in the center of your hands and practice that with the kids. They love that exercise. They do. They can feel it. And, and like, they're wow, sponges. That's cool. Yeah. They'll soak in everything, you know. And they probably never heard that before that they they actually have energy coming out of them. Most right. kids you tell them like, "What? You're crazy. What? Where? Yes. Where's it at?" So, like Lindsay says, important like to educate them. Lindsay and I eventually are going to create educational products for this and extend yeah. more from there because <coughs> we get so many people asking about this, and we feel like. This is one of our specialty areas. We were teachers and we were highly intuitive ourselves. We have highly intuitive nephews and nieces. So it's like we have a lot to draw off of. But I would just say like with anything, if you Google on YouTube or if you go to YouTube and you type in how to um, help your highly intuitive kids, you're going to get a lot of videos to pop up. Just study intuition and just, you know, dumb it down for your however old your kid is. Put it at that level and just start to teach them about themselves. And, you know, that, hey, you're feeling... You could feel this person's energy when you walk up to somebody and you feel like a negative vibe. You know, trust that and maybe just walk the other way, go get an adult or whatever you got to do and just teach them the basics of that. And I think that really education is really huge with everything. Yeah. And I think that if you can teach them how to figure out their emotions. So before they leave the house, your house, you can say, okay, how are you feeling right now on a scale to one to 10? You can even put like a little sticker chart or some sort of sliding, um, I'm just making this up in my head right now as I go, this um, almost like, what are, what are those called? The number lines we used to have in, I don't know, third grade we used to have it. What? It's like a little number line, but you can slide a piece of paper on the cro- across it and put it to a smiley face. Like, how are you feeling? You know, I'm right. feeling this excellent today, all the way up to 10. Or I'm not feeling so good. I'm down to one. Right. That's a good idea to help them communicate their, their feelings, especially sh- males. They should, yeah, they should know how they're feeling before they actually leave the house. And if they're not feeling right, say, okay, what's going on in your head? What are you thinking? 
Or is it something that you're feeling sad about? Or do you think that it's something else that's going on in the house? Where do you feel that sadness? Those are excellent questions to ask. And that would be something to like ask every day, yeah. you know, in a strategic way to I make it fun. I do that when I wake up. I'm like, wait, why do I feel like mm -hmm. I'm in a good mood? Or why do I feel kind of funny? Like what just happened? Absolutely. Did I get yes. on my phone and see something that made me upset? And I trace it back so that I don't carry that around the rest of the day. So when did you start doing that process in your oh head? Oh my gosh. I did that like adult years, probably after I read... What made um, you do it? It was Louise Hay's book, You Can Heal Your Life. A book. Learning. So, education. And, and being uh, aware of the Being emotions. aware of it, yeah. Just bringing your awareness to there. And I think that another thing that we need to be aware of too before we go is... With the kids, the environment at night, a lot of kids are sensitive at night, at nighttime. And when I was little, I used to be scared to go to sleep because I felt energy or the presence. It was the unknown of not knowing what was in my room. I didn't see anything. Um, it was more of that feeling of, oh my gosh, what's that feeling? You know, that unknown the, feeling. Every, the dust is settling then and that's when we, as highly intuitive people, really feel what right. like, early when we wake up in the morning or right before we go to mm -hmm. go to sleep. And um, one last thing I would say, just to give them speci something specific to do for their kids that I think would be, for me, it's helped me in my life more than anything is having hobbies and having sports like I talked about earlier. So if your kid's not already in a sport or a club or something like that, really start to get them into those types of things yeah. because we are electricity and they're taking in a lot of energy in their energy environment and their electricity system and they need to put that into things. Yeah. Like they need to channel that and that'll be, you know, it's, I look at it as grounding. You, you take in, you go throughout your day, they go to school, they come home. Well, when they get home, they need somewhere to put all of that energy that they've been feeling all day long from all the kids around them. They may be getting picked on or they may be fighting with people, or they, they may, it may not even be them, it may be other people it's happening to because it happens every day in the school systems and they're feeling that. So when they come home and like Lindsay said, they may not know that um, that's why they're feeling that way. So and They could seclude themselves away from other children, so this is the perfect example. Right. When they're in a group playing together, it teaches them how to work with their own energy. Absolutely. So that's really powerful. It is, and it is very. <laughs> And at night, you can put a crystal, like a salt lamp in their room, too, if you want to do that, if you feel like it's safe. I mean, I love... Don't you, like, falling asleep to salt lamps? I do. I noticed. We, she put ours in our room, like, what? I don't remember. Four years ago? I think so. But yeah. I, but I do remember... What I do remember is right after she did it, I noticed a difference. And it could be in my head, but I don't think it is because I believe in that. I believe in salt lamps. I believe in, you know, everything's energy, and I could feel it. I felt yeah, a difference. It I felt more relaxed. Yeah, that's I know it does that it does something where it moves the energy that's in the room so it doesn't feel so stagnant and clustered you know right um, but these are these are just some of the ways that you can um, work with your children with high, highly sensitivity um, moments that comes up and I would have them write it and draw it to anything that they're dealing with so I think we covered a lot in this episode what do you we think? did so it's up to you to go from here and Continue, continue to bring the awareness out in your in yourself, and then once you as you do it to yourself, it'll start to go over into your kid's life. Yes, we hope you enjoyed this episode, and we will see you next time. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you liked it, leave a five-star review on iTunes. And remember, subscribe to our YouTube channel too. If you can think of anyone else that would love this episode, share it with them right now on social media or email. And remember, getting results is a process of learning, applying, and reflecting. Stay consistent and continue to grow every day. 